Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host, per usual. He hasn't missed a week in in one week. Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting. How are you doing tonight? I'm on a roll. Two weeks in a row. Oh, yeah. Got a streak going. <laughs> got a streak. I wonder how many weeks it was in a row or how many episodes it was in a row. We could do weeks, episodes. Episodes, it was five. Five episodes, but it yeah. was like seven weeks. I mean, what what kind of streak we had of me being on here? I guess there had been some other substitutions before there. Oh, yeah. But we're back. I just felt like I had to say something when I said per usual. I'm like, man, it's been uh, not as per usual for the last yeah. little bit. So, But back to per oh. usual. Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting. Mr. Graybeard. The Ductator. I mean, you know what? I I really I want my entire beard to go the gray color and my hair. I think that would look so cool. <laughs> but my wife won't let me dye it gray because mm. I just have like my goatee is not gray, but the rest of it's gray, and I I think it'd look cool for, for the whole thing to be gray. Yeah, but she won't let me dye it. Well, maybe if you just read mean YouTube comments, it'd stress you out enough, and the rest of it. <laughs> I'll tell you, my full time <laughs> job is going to turn it all gray. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, so this week I got I got called the p word by a kid. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you like enrage? Like want to beat him up or? <laughs> no, no. He's got he's got some issues, big time, big big time. And so he starts getting he starts getting mad because he wants he wants something to eat. And I'm like, clean up your clean up your area, and I'll give you something. So he starts snapping, breaking pencils, throwing them around. I'm like. Man, I don't think that's going to help you any. <laughs> He's like, "Shut up, you P." And I was like, I was like, "No, I don't think that's going to help either." <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not going to enrage on it. I have lost it that time or two, but not normally. I'm, I'm pretty just, I'm pretty calm. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't even want to. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we could go back a couple couple, uh, centuries, maybe. (laughs) Oh, I daydreamed about it. (laughs) (laughs) Which you could some wrap some some knuckles with a ruler or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I daydreamed about it, but no, I say now when I get my kids here at home, that's a different story. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've we've seen your old videos of e collars and. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, freaking smash! My oldest freaking smash, and I almost went to blows one day. Uh, yeah i'm uh i'm yeah. not quite there so i can't uh, <laughs> i don't think you and brookie will ever be tussling it out oh <laughs> uh, i don't know man teenagers they can get you can get the the best of you oh that is true we've got i've got four and they're all teenagers and two are chill and two are you want to strangle sometimes <laughs> can you imagine if you just had the two chill ones yeah i can you probably wouldn't. Uh, you'd probably take it for granted, right? 
Well, I've I've thought whether I could get away with it or not, like you know, making so that there was only two, but I just couldn't come <laughs> up with it. Like I said last week, everything's about risk reward reward. And I, the reward would be great, but I could never balance it out that yeah. the risk wasn't too more than the reward of snuffing a couple of them out. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably wouldn't pan out for you in the the long run. You know, I always thought like suffocation with a pillow is a really good way. I think you can improve that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, yeah. I don't know either. Well, with that being said, our topic for today, we're going to be talking about <laughs> uh, our topic for tonight is going to be beating the November lull. And I, I guess that needs some explanation um, a little bit. So because um, every, everybody's got a little bit of starting different starting times from openers. I know people are just opening down south right now. And they and don't people, count. They don't count. <laughs> of course, they don't for you. And then uh, they're, they're probably shooting too many wood ducks, which we did have a, a nice wood duck thread going in the fellowship today so um well i was talking to our developer about just taking the wood duck off the freelance sunsets altogether yeah just make it a uh like a coot or something <laughs> yeah zero points <laughs> negative points negative negative five per wood duck yeah um but so anyways beating the november law i mean you can call it a lot of different things it's going to be a different time frame for everybody everybody but for me november that's where it where it kind of slows down locally um, so beating those slow periods, kind of waiting for the migration. Openers have come around. Local birds are gone. And, uh, you know, you, you got to do something to find the birds. So that's, for me, that's beating the November law. and kind of stealing that from, you know, deer hunters. They talk about the October law. Um, but for duck hunters, it's a little different. So, but yeah, before we get to that, let's get a quick word from our partners. And we'll jump right into it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx. Onyx is the app that in the palm of your your hand you can check property boundaries you can check public land private land you can get the the homeowner's tax information the landowner's tax information find out where they live get permission not only that but uh, a great feature i've been using going in big public marshes at night is the track feature the track feature allows you to um, be able to figure out where you're going you know um, you mark it you find a little a little channel right through the marsh right through the bogs and it's the only way through it well onyx at night bam so there's there's a lot of applications that are perfect for the duck hunter check it out guys onyx app web you name it it's perfect and motion ducks decoy spreader if you use a traditional jerk rig or don't use a jerk rig at all this is the modern day jerk rig that everyone should be using because it is a superior product in every way it looks better, looks more realistic, easier to pack, easier to set up, easier to put away, everything about it. You can set multiple ones together. We have a four or a seven, or you can even even combine them and just get huge flocks out there. We talked to the guys from Motion Ducks, and a lot of times when they hunt, I think they said they were using 15 all together and all in one motion look like a flock. I mean, it's if you don't have one, you're just behind the times. And you're. it's like when I didn't want to get a spinner and finally i did because i just realized that it was superior to not even having one and motion ducks right now is is the same way it's superior product and it's going to kill you more ducks and i know that for a fact because i've been tracking it on freelance sun stats and it has it's meant more ducks for me on low windy days low wind days it's just it just has so make sure and go and pick that up motion ducks product code is duck gun 2020 for 10 percent off awesome and kind of, you know, a, a smooth transi- transition into that one is talking about freelance hunt stats. 
Um, guys, it is live as an application for your phone, um, Android and Apple, something that we've been working on and getting getting around. Um, you know, for a long time, it was just the website, but now it's on the app. It's just that much easier to use. So go in there. You can track your birds. Um, you can track them like per hunt. You can track all the weather. You can keep a running tally for the season and all that kind of stuff. Another cool thing we got going on is the leaderboard. So you can kind of see where you fall with all the other people on there. Um, you know, just for fun on there, but it's super cool to kind of see all the people, um, doing the same thing and, and what birds they're shooting and all that kind of stuff. So lots and lots of different things to play with on there. Um, highly recommended guys, check it out. And it's something that me and Elliot personally are developing. So it helps out a, a ton when you guys go over there. And if you want to find it on your phone, it's under hunt space stats. It'll pop up right away. If you just search for hunt stats yep. in your app store, app store, or so. Google play. Yep. And it's not too late to get uh, Bandit Avery GHG. I know with all of these shipping problems that America is having, it's been frustrating. But I've got a tip that in the month of November, a lot of the backordered stuff are coming in. So get on Bandit.com and check out their products. So many good things. And for you dog guys like Jordan and I, the Avery Sporting Dog has all sorts of great stuff. In fact, I've got a Bandit slew stand coming in because... I can't believe this, Jordan. I had one of those dog stands like you have that like hides them. It blew out of the boat <laughs> on the highway somewhere. That's a pretty big product to blow out of the boat, don't you think? Oh, Are you yeah. not surprised? I mean, I couldn't believe it. We got them. It was just, it was just gone. So we have popped on banner.com and picked up a slew stand because it is not backordered like everything else on the planet. And it's actually in route. So um, if you need anything for the season, that's where you want to go. Banded.com. Awesome. Also, we'd like to give a big thanks to Tetra, tetrahearing.com. Um, guys, it is the product that the Ellie and I use for our hearing protection. Um, one in nine hunters are the are the amount of hunters that use hearing protection. So that's something that, that we need to change. I know for myself that I've been lazy about it in the past. You know, I've had warnings from, from older hunters that, you know, that's something you can't get back on your hearing. And not only that, but hearing loss has been proven to cause dementia. So, um, guys, you can check them out, tetrahearing.com. And while you're still young, you know, protect yourself and, and make it a habit, you know. And this, this product right here, uh, the nice thing about it compared to traditional hearing solutions is that, uh, or, or uh, hearing protection solutions, is that you can still hear your buddies talking to you. You can still hear the sights and the sounds, all that kind of stuff. They worked hard to program it in a way where you can still hear that and then bang when the first noise of a gun goes off or a loud noise, it mutes that noise, but the rest of the time you can still hear everything. So check them out, guys. Chatyourhearing.com. And I will add on to that. Um, I have not worn hearing protection until the last two years, and I have aggressive hearing loss because of the hunting. And so it's a little bit of money, but uh, trust me, when you are down the road and you can still hear you're not going to be thinking about the money you spent for that product because I, especially with people wearing masks, I I'm struggling. I'm struggling to, to hear what people are saying. It's all because I didn't wear protection. So, and then finally is HTR innovations and they've got their, I'd say flagship product is the gun stand. And man, there is so many times when you're sitting in knee deep water, if you don't have a gun stand, the hunt is just a difficult wet, hunt if you have a gun stand sitting in water 
Everything is so much easier. You got a little place to put your bag or your shells. You got to put two guns. It is just, it makes life so much easier. So go pick one up. HTR Innovations. The promo code for that is DuckGun10. And guys, another little tidbit for insider information is the stock for the year. Again, everybody's having issues, COVID issues, uh, with all that kind of stuff. But the stock for the year for those is running out quick, like real quick. So um, there's not going to be enough to make it to Christmas. I'll tell you that right now. So Duck Gun 10, if you're looking for one, you're thinking about it, don't wait very long because there's a limited, limited supply left for this season. All righty, let's go ahead and jump into today's podcast. So, I guess before we get to the nitty gritty, you got any kind of updates or anything you want to talk about? Well, I had a really, really interesting hunt over the past weekend, and this goes right into the topic of the November lull because I'm certainly experiencing it. This is the weekend number two for us in here in my area, and I consider the second weekend always to be the worst um, in the area, and you just have to wait till a cold front. So. Going into this weekend, we knew it wasn't going to be very good. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try my most hidden place that I've been wanting to try. I did a whole video about this place. And I'm just going to see if there's some stale birds using it because I know it hasn't been hunted. And we didn't shoot. We shot one bird that day. But on that pool, I saw where the birds were going. And I was like, if I was out in that pool, I would have shot quite a few birds. So the next day, I'm like, I'm just going in by myself. I'm taking my... Um, Ascend H12, and there's a lot of buckbrush down in there, and I know that I don't need to lay out on this hunt, so I can just go in there and sit. And and um, the time had just changed, and it was the first solo hunt of the year for me. And there's just something, and I know you hunt solo a lot more than I do, but there's just something that's nothing like hunting by yourself. It is the most peaceful wonder. I just absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And, and this hunt was was crazy. I was said I I moved places four different times. The day was going horribly wrong. Uh, horribly wrong as far as harvesting ducks. I was couldn't get them in the way I wanted to and I just kept sticking at sticking with it and sticking with it. And I actually changed my set completely to a different spot four different times. And finally, the last spot um I was able to shoot a few gadwalls and ended up with five on the day, which was a huge triumph considering it was funny because I was on after my third place I was set up. I had two gadwalls. One was one was water swatted. I lost it, then I found it, and um, neither of them were very memorable harvests of birds. And so I was sitting in the kayak. Everything was loaded up, and I was at this point I could either go back to the car or back to this other pool. And I was just sitting there. It was about ten o'clock, and I was just sitting there thinking, what should I do? I'm like, man, it's, I'm just going to go home. Yeah, it's so easy to make that choice. It's so easy. Yeah. 10 o'clock, like you said, things aren't going as planned. You've already worked really hard for it, so you're probably a little mm-hmm. a little tired out, you know. And So, yeah. Go. Yeah, because it defines your old age. You're like, hmm, if I leave now, here's when I get home. I can take a nap. Here's much time. I'll, you know, you're, you're surveying your whole day. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided. I'm literally just sitting there in the kayak, and the wind's just kind of blowing me, and I'm just – just thinking about it. And I look back into that pool and I see a group of five fluttering around. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that seeing that group changed my mind. I'm like, okay, I'll go over there. Yeah. And, and, um, I got over there set up. And in the next hour and a half, I shot three and there was birds working and everything. And my whole, the whole 
demeanor of my of my emotions of the day was definitely changed completely. If I had gone home with the two, I'd have been like, man, that day was just not didn't pan out, you know. And but at, going back in there and sitting up in that spot and shooting three, and it just like completely changed the whole hunt for me and my memory of it. Mm-hmm. And I ended up hunting till twelve. I probably could have stayed and shot six. I hit my fifth one is about twelve. I'm like, you know what? I'm happy. I'm this has been awesome and. And Georgie was crushing it as she's been doing this year. And and so it was just a longer hunt where I was by myself. There was only one other group out there, and they were like 600 yards from me, which it would have been way better if they weren't there. But, I mean, 600 yards, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was just wonderful. It was just a great, great day. I just – Only well, normally around, only you would say, oh, it would have been better if they weren't there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a feeling of having a place all to yourself yeah. that I am – addicted to no you're absolutely, right and i talk about it in the video you're you're 100 right but it's just funny because you're like it'd have been better if they weren't here 600 yards away <laughs> yeah yeah well then other people i don't normally other people don't go till noon they were still there when i left yeah um and normally like 9 30 or 10 people pull out and then you have it all to yourself and it's probably southern out-of-staters i checked the tag they were from missouri because the day before there were some people from pennsylvania in there and i slashed their tires and uh, so they didn't come back mm. i don't know how they got out of there but you should slash the tires and put a freelance duck hunting sticker on the windshield. <laughs> You've been freelanced. And that was a joke. I didn't slash any tires. That was a joke for those of you that are yeah, he didn't. He didn't slash. Like, you don't slash. You just puncture. I just let the air out. Yeah, I just let the air out. <laughs> but, but the marshes have been a little bit more um, crowded this year than, than normal years. Um, than last year, for sure. They've just been a little more crowded, but these marshes still. It's also just the first two weeks, though. You feel like it, it should kind yeah. of taper down, right? Well, it was the second week that, because the second week normally is not crowded. And um, that Saturday, I went out and didn't shoot anything. I kind of checked some parking lots and stuff. And Josh sent me a parking lot picture from a different place. And it just seemed like for the second weekend, it was way a, a lot more pressured than it should have been. Plus, we hadn't had any kind of front to bring in new birds. And, and so. It was a lot more, but I've got places that I know, like I'm going back to the same place tomorrow. And the thing I love about this spot, because I had a big choice to make. Am I, I, I don't, did you see the video with Jake from Chasing Green up it out? Uh, I haven't watched that one yet. Okay. So I was either going to go to that spot, which is the one that Josh hunts too, or I was going to go to the spot that I actually decided on. It's like, okay, if I go to that spot, the food's great. If there's new birds, there's going to be the, like your chance for just the, mallard beat down in your face is a lot higher there but your chance of running into a lot of other people is higher there too and i'd have to get up at about two o'clock where the place i'm going in the morning i know i can get out there and be no closer than 600 yards from anyone and maybe have it all to myself i probably on thursday i'll probably have it all to myself and i won't have to get up until like four o'clock four four or four you know four four thirty so it's like Two and a half hours more sleep. It's a 45 minute less of a drive, but the food's not as good. And I've had really good hunts in there. So I just tend to err on, let's just relax and be by myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what I'm doing tomorrow morning. I'm, and we've got that super strong north wind coming in. Um, we don't have big temperature drops, but it is a heavy, heavy north wind. So I'm hoping that birds will ride in on it. So tomorrow I may hunt till 12 or 1 if I need to, just because it's going to be north wind all day. And, you know, you never know when they're just going to show. Yep. So that's nice. my plan. Awesome. 
Well, I'll tell you about my hunt a little bit, and I've actually already talked to you about it a little bit. So <laughs> I kind of vented a little bit in the in our uh, Marco Polo um, app, <laughs> but <laughs> you're going to admit it. I will. I'll admit it. You're going to own it. You're going to own it. I've, I've already had to own it somewhat because I put a video. I gave you it. my best coaching. I gave you the best pep talk coaching <laughs> at Marco Polo's that I possibly could before after on after that hunt was over. I don't know if it was successful, but. But I was really trying to catch it. It was, uh, yeah. I think you could tell that I was actually pretty bummed. <laughs> well, I've been there and I know how yeah. it feels. It's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. You let a magical hunt get away. Yeah. So, and I, I feel like my my video of it doesn't, because um, I, I just, I did selectively leave some stuff out just because there was just so much stuff to put in there <laughs> that, like, <laughs> but. Uh, I so did. much terrible hunting. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't pack all the bad hunting into one video. <laughs> yeah. So. Incompetent hunting. Yeah. Went up to Michigan kind of on a whim, honestly. Just honestly, just doing internet scouting and seeing that some people were starting to shoot some birds. But um, went up to a marsh in Michigan, and we had the whole place to ourselves, Elliot. Believe that or not, right? Nice. So it was that was actually pretty cool to have a Saturday where we had um, a Saturday. You know, it was I was kind of mind mind blown um, because that will never happen here. Uh, like just anywhere, like it could be like a little tiny stretch of river that has like 12 ducks in it and you won't, you know, you won't have it to yourself. Um, but this public land marsh in Michigan, we got to ourselves, which was cool. Like I said, you get to be out there in the middle of nowhere, running your little mud motor with your boat. And like, I mean, we worked hard first thing in the morning, like going all around, just looking and trying to find like where we thought the birds would be. And it was kind of crazy. I got way back to the spot I wanted to get to and poor Kevin, man. Um, I didn't realize that he didn't even tell me, but his waders were, they had a hole in them. And like, I had them jumping in and out of the boat and like 30 degree weather uh, <laughs> helping. What helping. was the temperature? It was 40s? like, it was like 30. So like straight up 30, like yeah, 30 like, degrees or it might have been like 30. 33 or 32. Like mm, it was right at like cold. right at the freezing point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was like kind of like when we put the boat in, he was like standing on the tongue of the trailer. I'm like, like what like why is he doing this? Like this is so much easier. Just walk on the water and push the boat mm. off, you know. <laughs> I just couldn't put two and two together. But uh <laughs> so then like we'd get up on like I'm, I'm like, oh we gotta we gotta push it. And you're like, you know, just give me a little shove through this because we it was some areas were low in there to get through mm-hmm. it was innocent night we're trying to find our way through it um and we're i guess the torpedo yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so i get way back to the spot i want to get to um that i that i've known about previously and had some good hunts from and we get all the way in there and i take a look at it and i'm like my gut feeling is not to hunt here <laughs> so yeah we do all that work getting in there and uh so we went back to like one of the first places that we scouted which is i don't know if you, you ever do that but like we just went around scouting at night for like mm-hmm. probably about two and a half hours. Yeah. What? What? Why was your gut not to hunt there? What was? Your, what was your? Um. So thoughts on that? It was like uh, it was a lily pad bed, and the water was just mm-hmm. clear with like almost no vegetation, and like the other places were shallower, so shallow, shallow and grassy, and yeah. lots of bird bird feathers, and this mm-hmm. just was like clean, pure no bird feathers, all the lily pads had sunk away and they looked almost like uh, the ones that were up there had looked like they'd just been like chewed up. And I'm like, I don't even mm. know what would chew up. Like, you know, they're all withered away. Um, yeah. 
it just didn't seem ducky. It didn't seem like the ducks were using it. So yeah, we went all the way back to the front and it turned out that I think my gut feeling was right. So, um, but you know, um, we get back up there and first thing we have, we like, it was like every time birds came in, we got caught off guard. We're like working another flock and here comes two mallards just like coasting through a decoys and they actually land. So, um, I start off and I, the first, first shot of the day, I water swat in a mallard. <laughs> so, uh, but I got, I got a bird that was, you know, that was, um, you know, one for one, one for one. So <laughs> fast forward and we hunted all morning. We got out of the marsh for, I think about three or four hours, probably about three hours would be my guess. Came back in, hunted the evening for probably about two and a half hours. And I went <laughs> on birds. Like I did a couple shots, even like uh, cleaning up cripples, stuff like that. Um, I went one for 23. So, <laughs> wow. Yep. That was pretty rough. One for 23. Yep. It was a brand. It was the first time I'd, I'd shot that gun at birds. And I, I guess you'd used that before. I took it to uh, like back 40 uh, to a shoot, like a, a shooting range. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You shot, shot really well with it. Yeah, I did. I did. So it's a fixed full choke, and I struggled. So, and it wasn't like I was shooting um, like far out birds. There was some shots when you shoot twenty three short shots, you're going to have kind of a mix of everything. But I missed like decoy birds, like over the mojo kind of thing. Um, it's like just the hovering. Well, it was like I was struggling with it, and you know when you're struggling, you try to take your time. Yeah. Um, and by the time I was shooting at him, that just like Kevin would, Kevin would get like the first two shots and I ain't gonna lie. And I'm like still like struggling to like get on a bird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that like it was 15 mile per hour plus winds. So they just, uh, they'd catch the wind and get out of there quick. So yeah. part of it was that I just couldn't like, I think if I was solo, I would have shot more birds. I would have been able to so hit they weren't shot. they weren't super easy shots in because once they catch the wind yeah. on those heavy wind days when they catch the wind those shots are but I mean, you have to it's still you really have to pull the trigger before they know you're there it feels bad because you're you're seeing those birds like over your decoys and you shoulder your gun you aim yeah. at them and then like by the time you're pulling the trigger they like they've turned and you're shooting them you're shooting them up the butt so yeah, yeah. that reminds me of a hunt that I had I, I was not one for 24, but I was, I had forgotten about this hunt. I need to go back more records and see how many shots that I fired in this, but we were in layout boats and birds were just dumping. He's like, you look up and there's like 25 of them, hundred yards up, just coming straight down. It was about a 20, 25 mile an hour wind. And with the layout boat, it was like they were on a roller coaster. They would come straight down and then go straight up. Man, they catch that wind and they're just, Oh man, we had some, it's hard. We had it's some hard. we had some like that. We had like a solo where it just came in like out of nowhere and almost like it almost landed on us. Like I'm talking like seven yards. And like the GoPros and the video just don't do it justice. Like that that mm-hmm. actual solo you see it, it's not the same way as like it, it was in person. Like this thing just mm-hmm. like it came from like above my peripheral and dropped in. Like GoPro just shows it so wide that you can see it, but like you know, it came from above my my peripheral and at the point I saw it, it was probably like five yards in front of us. And by the time I aimed on it, <laughs> I th- it was like 25 and going straight up. Like you said, yeah. it was like crazy. So, 
and I do want to, I do want to prefix uh, that. Like um, when I say like Kevin was getting two shots, like, you know, it's not his fault that I'm struggling. Like he can shoot, you know, as much as he wants and as quick as he can shoulder the gun and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, um, but I was just pointing out the fact that if I was by myself, you know, it's like, you can take your time a little bit more and those birds won't be flaring off somebody shooting. So, yeah. um, and you know, our hide wasn't perfect. Honestly, it was, it, we said it was, our, our hide wasn't good. And again, like we hid in the dark first time I've hunted this spot in, in the marsh. So there's a lot of things that I, that, you know, kind of in hindsight, I would have done different that I think would have helped. I, I, I think we needed to move our spread or move our boat. One of the two, um, because I was calling the shot just a little early because they kept, they kept coming up the right side and yeah. I just calling the shot because once they got right to our right, which is where they wanted to land or finish, then Kevin didn't have a shot. So I'd call it before they completely would get to the decoys. Um, but they're cupping in. So, but then they were, it was that much easier for them to catch the wind. So a lot of things learned on it, but like you said, we had enough birds in the morning and almost enough birds in the second sitting, either one, we could have shot our limit and Kevin struggled too, which is the crazy part too. Um, and then he went out <laughs> the following Monday and shot his, he shot like his limit of mallards, uh, a bonus duck and a goose. It's like, <laughs> and he's like, I didn't, I didn't miss a shot. It's like, <laughs> and I will you say were the jinx, I guess, I guess, I don't know what it was, but it was, uh, it was a memorable hunt. We'll say that. So I was super, super down about it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie, but you know, we all have hunts like that. We all have times that, uh, you know, that uh, don't go as planned and humble you. <laughs> I was humbled yeah. after that. Hunt. I, I still feel humbled. Honestly, I need a good hunt to uh, bring me, bring me back up. But uh, me and my dad went out this morning on a little wood duck hunt, um, foggy morning and the birds didn't really, didn't really show up, but we had one flock that we shot at and the first flock that came in had a passing shot on a wood duck and I just stoned it. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah. against my, uh, like I said, after that video, I was going to put that that gun back in the closet for another 100 years because it's a 100-year-old gun, and it has not been hunted probably. It wasn't functional. <clears throat> and it was uh, some guy. I got it from some guy, um, and he, it was his wife's uncle. So I feel like it hadn't been hunted since since that person hunted with it. So I have no no idea how many years that is. But this gun's around 100 years old, so... I said I was going to put it put it back in the closet for another hundred years, but um, I got stubborn and I brought it back out. And first bird that came through, I stoned it. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna keep hunting with it for a while and try to uh, try to break it or <laughs> I don't know what the right not break it, but like um, like what's why can't I think of the words I'm trying to say. I'm just going to break the jinx on it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. learn how to shoot this gun. And cause I really want to, that's all. You need to pattern it. I, I thought that too. And then I watched the shot cam videos and you know how you can see the shot come out of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was well enough that I'm like, okay, it's not an issue of pattern. <clears throat> so, um, it's just an issue of, uh, of, sucking. of missing. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the nitty gritty. So, uh, like, like we said at the beginning, guys, our topic is going to be how to beat the November lull. 
and uh, we both got some got some pointers and some tips we're going to put in here. My first one is to travel. You know, um, when it's the beginning of the season, you know, you, you get the local birds, you shoot them up, your opener, maybe your weekend after, you're still finding birds. And then after that, if you don't have the weather, you don't have the migration, you don't have new birds, the local ones, they've got wise, they've got stale, they've gone off to wherever. Well, if you can go to, you know, somewhere else for the north, preferably, or something like that, um, kind of that's my go-to. Find find out where they are and uh, and go for it. So I, I love to do that. I love to go up to Michigan. You guys know that. So you got anything to add on that? Yeah. Well, we do the same thing. We just, you know, start calling using the calling tree and and uh all of the areas in which we're willing to drive to and just see who has birds if anyone has anything going on or any contacts you have it's nice to have some people who have some private access because during these lulls private is better ponds are better um so just start calling and, and seeing what people have got and also lower your expectations i mean you are going to have times in which the birds are just not really around so set your goal. You know, last weekend at the beginning, I said, I'm, I'm my goal's three today. And then we have all of a sudden you have an amazingly good hunt when your expectations are low. It's that much more fun. But just, you know, enjoy being out there. Enjoy being with your friends. Um, you know, just lower your expectations and be okay with, with less birds because the birds are going to show up again. But at times they're just stale and, and you just wait not cold for them. Yep, for sure. Couldn't set it better better it's you know it's it's just a ton of fun to be out there so um just be glad to be getting out there and glad to be getting the birds you do and if you have if you don't have the expectation expectation to get that limit every time you know we can't all all live in nebraska but uh (laughs) yeah then then you you know you're still gonna have fun so um i definitely have lowered my expectations just because i know like leading into the law Every year, you know, it's it's that's a little bit tougher. So, um, when you get them, you're you're a lot more excited about it. Um, next one I got is find the unpressured birds. So, that kind of goes with what you're saying with your private spots and all that. But it's sometimes you can find little tucked away holes on on public too that aren't as likely to be hunted and and um, really get on them on them that way. But I kind of really pull into my you know bag of tricks trying to find places that I think other people overlooked, you know, and, and try to try to get to those places. Cause you know, most of the places get shot up, but the places that don't, that's where the birds are going to congregate and birds are followers. So if, it, if it wasn't loaded before season and, uh, those birds keep coming back to that, they're going to keep bringing more and more birds. And, um, soon enough, you'll be able to get a good hunt out of it. So, you know, really, we're really search after those unpressured birds and unpressured areas. And I think sometimes people just assume that there are not birds in the areas. They go out to public marshes and they don't see anything. And like, there's just no birds around. And a lot of times that's not true. The birds are just in cycles to avoid you. And so a lot of times these birds will go into the best feed pool right after shooting time is over at night. They will show up. If you're, if you're evening hunting and as you're walking out, you go clear till shooting time is over and you're walking out, there will be hundreds if not thousands of birds coming in to feed. They've learned that these pools can only be used at night or they're going to get shot at. So one trick that's really, really valuable, in if, if you have the availability, uh, the flexibility in your schedule, 
wait for a dark, dark gray day. And that last hour at those marshes is going to be fantastic. So if you can just catch a, a gray, rainy day where the ducks are, you know, they're, they're timing their arrival on those marshes based on daylight. So get in there an hour and a half before dark, and chances are that last hour will be fantastic if they're night feeding in those pools. Definitely for sure. And that's something we saw last year on the collab. Um, There's tons of birds on the refuges and in the area. Um, that were just stale. And like you said, they were using the, the pools to feed at night on some of these marshes. And um, me and Josh, we went and shot shot pretty close to our limit out there. And after that, you know, none of the, the fresh birds were using it. It was just every bird that kind of had it all figured out. And uh, me and Matt went and hunted it in the evening. Um, and it was cloudy, but not like super cloudy. Um, no weather at all. And these birds, it's like you said, we walked out and the birds just started to pile in like you wouldn't believe, like thousands. So it was crazy um, and a lot of fun to watch, but not near as fun to uh, <laughs> as if you could have watched it during shooting hours. But, uh, you know, that that's how it goes sometimes on that. So um, I would have killed for one of those uh, cloudy days or weathery days that got the birds moving and coming there a little early. But, you know, it just wasn't the case on that one. So, yeah, got to be the right circumstance. Um, the next tip I got is to, you know, it's, it's to take advantage of the opportunities you get. You know, a lot of time you hear people say like, have your blood goggles on, or I like to say you have, you always have a shooter's chance. And that means, you know, it, it kind of goes off playing off uh, a puncher's chance. Um, when you're a fighter, you know, you got that guy with a haymaker, <laughs> he's always got that chance. He's always got the punch, uh, puncher's chance. But, uh, for us, it's the shooter's chance. You know, if, if you got, four flocks coming in and you're you're playing on your phone and you miss two of them you're really going to diminish your opportunities on that hunt so it's you don't have a lot of chances the ones you do you need to take advantage of and kind of today on that wood duck hunt we kind of got caught a couple times um and it was because we're watching different flocks we had three flocks that were shootable come in to the decoys and we missed two of them and both times we're our cover was almost too good on the right side because we couldn't see them coming in um, from that way and there was no wind so they could come from whatever direction so we really couldn't control that but um we lost our opportunities because we were watching other flocks trying to work those when the close one comes in from a side we couldn't see it's like we didn't take advantage we didn't have the shooter's chance on that day because we weren't shooting we were missing missing our opportunities so early season when you don't have a lot of opportunities make sure that you always take advantage of the ones you get yeah, and this is a great time to find those private ponds because, you know, those birds that are coming into those feed pools at night, they're somewhere. Maybe they're on the main lake. Maybe they're at on ponds. So they're somewhere, and, and with enough looking, you know, they can probably be found. So, um, and this kind of ties into what you were saying, is just finding little places that haven't been hunted, ponds, main reservoirs. Just try to try to get creative with it, and you can find pockets of birds. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of kind of going along those lines. Um, for me, man, I scout out a lot of places, map scout, I should say, um, a lot of places that I don't get to every year. Um, it's a perfect opportunity to, when you don't really have something that's, you know, going to be a burner, a barn burner of a hunt, you know, it's uh, and you don't have a lot of options. You're like, okay, well, I could go here where historically I've done well, but 
Um, I know the bird numbers are low this time of year. Well, it's a perfect time to do a hunt scout, go to one of those places. You know, the only downside to that is you can't necessarily judge it off that. I've done that where I've gone to places, oh, we shot a couple birds, we shot a few birds. Um, it was our first time there. Um, but, you know, everywhere is slow. But at least you get a good grasp of a new place, and it's a perfect time. You know, if you can only go out on that Saturday morning, go out to that spot, make the drive, and hunt it, and just see how it is, figure out the the place and hopefully you shoot some birds um while you're at it so um scout hunt new places that's kind of that's kind of my tip on that one yep and that's really all i've got the bottom line is uh hunting is full of ups and downs and you're not going to shoot them from your couch yep so get out there lower those expectations try to kill a few birds and just enjoy it oh yeah yep and and while you're at it, you know, it's kind of like <clears throat> this time of year, we get, we're just watching for those migrations. Yeah, you, you and me, I, I think, can't remember if it was before the podcast or during the podcast, we're talking about watching those fronts. We, you got north winds coming. Those are going to push in some birds. You want those cold fronts with the north winds combined, and you and me are kind of on opposites. I got a cold front coming in right now, um, and you got north winds, but not a cold front. So it's like uh, – mm-hmm. but both of those are probably going to bring us some new birds. Both of those are probably going to give probably us something so. – uh, but not only that, I mean, as the days get shorter, you're going to get more of those calendar birds that just come in as they're, you know, as the season wears on, not necessarily going to be blown in by the cold front one way or the other. Um, but we're just going to keep getting some birds. So watch for that. Um, you know, I hate to, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it is a good thing watching social media, watching Facebook posts, all that kind of stuff. You'll see people start piling them up. Um, you kind of put two and two together. If, if, if everybody up north of you and is piling up birds and keeps getting closer to you, you know the birds are on the way. So, um, you know, just keep an eye on all that, and you'll get right through the November law and beyond the birds in no time. Yeah, and some, and every now and then you'll get a zero, and every now and then just an absolute amazing hunt will break out of nowhere. Like when I went with Jake from Chasing Green the day before, I was ready to say, let's just scout. Let's just not even mess with it. Let's go scout some other place that I've never seen. And then all of a sudden, you know, Josh gave me somewhat favorable favorable report. And we shot 10 Mallard Drakes the next day. And 17 out of our 18 birds for a limit just came out of nowhere. So, you know, you just got to get out and try it. Nice. Definitely. Well, you got any uh, big plans coming up for the weekend? I've got tomorrow's hunt. I'm going out to the same spot as the last one. It ought to be really, because I don't know what to expect. When I went out last weekend, it was all, I mean, like 85, 90% gadwall in this pool. And I'm really banking on this this north wind and mild cold front to bring in the birds. Um, but if it doesn't, I may just be trying to scratch out a few gadwalls. But I am excited because this is the first time I'm using um, my yak gear layout blind for my h12 that i've gotten so i'm gonna get out there and fully brush it and this is my first layout blind um hunt of the year and so i'm super excited to to use that and and going by myself again so i don't know i i have my expectations are like i could shoot zero or i could be covered in mallards and shoot a limit i have absolutely no idea what to expect tomorrow nice well i got my predictions you're gonna have a good hunt i feel like it you know i feel like it's going to be a good day out there with those high winds and, and birds moving in yeah. on those north winds. It's getting it's getting late enough in the year that it, it just seems like the time's right for that kind of stuff. So hopefully you yeah. do. I hope so, too. I hope so. Awesome. Yeah, my plans 
for this weekend. Um, well, even, you know, actually I'm going before work tomorrow. Me and dad are going to try to do another wood duck shoot. And like I was saying, we got that cold front coming in. And I've already said this a couple times this year. Yeah, I feel like the wood ducks are going to be gone, and they're not yet. So we've had a pretty mild mild winter so far. Um, we've had one other time where I thought it was going to freeze up, and, and maybe it did just a little bit, but not enough to really push all our wood ducks out. Um, so I'll keep hunting those when I get the opportunity. It's getting late in the year for wood ducks, though. So I'm ready for the big mm-hmm. boys to show up, the mallards and all that. But don't get me wrong. I love, I, I do love my wood ducks and I'll defend them from the, the fiery assaults of Elliot every chance I get. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, then this weekend, um, I have no idea where I'm going to go to start with. Um, I do have a feeling I might travel up further North again, um, to hopefully get on some of these, these early migrators and not even early, but, uh, <laughs> migrators that have made it part way down. Um, so that's, that's the plan. Hopefully it's good. I do have, those low expectations, like you're saying. So anything good that happens, mm-hmm. I'll be excited. And I think, like I said, unless I just can't, unless it just it's just wearing on me and I can't do it, I'm going to try shooting that, keep shooting that 20-gauge because it's a lot of fun. Or not 20-gauge, that 12-gauge, A5, 100-year-old gun. So that's the plan. Oh, man. You're, you're crazy. <laughs> it's so, that's it's so much fun. On the shelf, man. No, I'm going to bring it sometime, um, sometime when we meet up for a hunt. And I'll let you. I'll let you shoot it. You'll and you'll be a a believer. It's a it's a piece of history, man. A hundred year old a hundred year old gun. Just imagine like the stories cool. that gun could tell, right? Yeah, it doesn't mean I have to shoot it. But just I, I mean, just, just think it, about it. I just that. want it patterned. I want it patterned. Somebody bought that brand new off the shelf right around that's World cool. War One. Yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> That this that this yeah. is mind boggling for me, and then like uh, it's just hard to put that in perspective, you know, to think mm-hmm. about how long. I mean, they they've been driving like the Model T, like <laughs> the first Ford truck, yeah, or maybe they rode yeah. a horse. They might have rode a horse to the Mars <laughs> with their A five tucked in there. That's that's for yeah. me. It's just crazy. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I get I get a, a little weird about. Uh, some of those kind of history things. And I feel like if this gun had feelings or could talk, it'd be glad that it's out hunting again. <laughs> Mine, so, but it, it kind of acted like a jerk last week. I was going to say, it's probably wasn't excited about that. It's like, come on. The last guy who shot me wasn't blind. <laughs> Maybe he's just like, I'm not going to do well for you. You're not my master. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm going to break it, break it in, <laughs> not like damage it, but yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, well, I guess that's a pretty good place to go ahead and wrap this one up. So, good luck to you, Elliot, on your uh, weekend hunts, and hope you smash them. I will be Marco Pol- Poloing it up. Let you, all the Flyways guys, know how it's going. Awesome. All right, fellas, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Duck Gun Chronicles. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.